Attention cannabis radio listeners. Do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD? These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey, everybody. It's A Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino. And today I'm joined by Yes, I like to go out and find these vets because I want you guys to know that when we, when I find a vet who has gone through the conventional schooling, has got out of the schooling and went, wait a minute, they didn't talk about diet and nutrition and, you know, natural or holistic or integrative medicine. So when I find these vets who go out and question that and go out and do something about it, I love to have them on and have a conversation with them. Um, so I have one of those awesome vets again. It's uh, Dr. Kathy. And uh, oh my gosh, I always do that. I always do by just your first name, Dr. Kathy yes. Allen Hovey. And I met you through uh, Billy from Answers. And of course, yep. I, I, it just has become this way. Any friend of Billy's is a friend of mine because I know <laughs> it's usually we share the same philosophy and yep. ways of treating our animals. Um, you know, Billy's one of my favorites uh, because he gave me the quote or he said, um, I don't supplement. I don't believe in supplementing my dog with, you know, synthetic supplementation when I can find just about everything they need and food. And now because of CBD and a plant. Um, So we're like, I'm like, yes. So (laughs) you've taken it a step further, which I love. Um, You are a vet. You've been a vet, an integrative vet for a very long time. Um, But I want you to tell our audience about that shift in thinking and realizing that what was being fed to our dogs was not doing them justice. And when you decided to learn, change, and then start this organization, um, that is amazing. Okay. Um, I hope we have enough time. (laughs) Oh, we do. You know, it's, it's, was, it was a crazy path and, and who would have thought, because when I got out of vet school, I was well-trained in the conventional system. I didn't think any of these things, but I had some clients that started to get me thinking. And one woman who told me I never vaccinate my dogs after they're 10 years old. Okay. And then I had another woman tell me that thyroid medicine that has dye in it, my dog has a reaction to the dye. Okay. You're telling me that you're listening. I love that. 
if your vet's not listening to you, get another vet. But I love that you're listening. That's amazing. Well, how else do we learn, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I mean, I could have come out and said, I know everything. And that probably wouldn't have done anybody any good. Right. So they got me started thinking. And then I had a couple of clients who had animals with limps that I couldn't fix. One was a horse that um, I knew it was in the stifle. Couldn't fix it. They had x-rays, injections, still limped. And then the other was a dog with a limp in the shoulder. Knew where it was. Medicaid didn't hurt. They just limped. And I'm like, you guys need a chiropractor. They're like, there isn't a chiropractor. I was like, All right, I'll go be a chiropractor. So and how I did you know that? Like, how did you know uh, that chiropractic would help the animal? I, I don't have any idea because I didn't go to a chiropractor myself at that point. I just, just knew, knew there needed an there needed to be an adjustment. There needed to be something. Yes, because there wasn't pain, it wasn't swollen, it wasn't broken, there was no pathology. There was just a limp. And so I was like, well, then it's not moving in the right way. Isn't that what chiropractors are for? I so I, I know. So I went to chiropractic training and found out that's what chiropractic was for. So I could help a lot more animals. Awesome. And then I went to this seminar on allergies and dogs. You know, that prescription pet food I used to sell that we learned about in vet school. I found out. You mean that was pushed down your throat in vet school? Well, it wasn't really. So here's how it worked. Okay. We go to school all day. It's absolute pure torture. At the end of the day, you're exhausted. You don't want to think anymore. You're hungry. You need to study. And, oh, the pet food company is putting on a free dinner. All you have to do is listen to their spiel. So you sit there and you shovel food in your face and you go, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So you don't think about it. You don't even think about it. And then they sell it for a discount at the vet school at pet food sales. And, you know, it's all this great and stuff. And the hallways are blanketed with posters about their pet food and how healthy it is and good stuff like um, that. Eh, the ones I've been the, in, the ones I were in, have been in are that really? way. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It wasn't that bad when I went. Thank goodness. But yeah, they, whatever. So well, they, pro- they know, didn't have any competition back then. They have competition now. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the difference. Yeah. Great point. So when I found out what was in the pet food that I was killing my dog with, so I had a dog with food allergies and she was on the prescription diet and the food wasn't making her any better. And she had these awful ears and it was just awful. So I had a horrible guilt trip, came home from this seminar and I bought a prepared raw diet. Three days later, She stopped shedding. My aloof dog became friendly and her ear infection and her yeast cleared up. Three days. And so then I had, what did I do to my clients? And I had this food left and I gave it to my mother-in-law and she's like, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, you feed special kitty, nothing. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, uh, that, that took me down the rabbit hole. And then I realized 80% of what people were bringing their animals to me for, it was all diet. Yep. And it still is all diet. So, you know, that's, that's the importance of food. We really are what we eat. And 
our food is what it eats. So if your food is eating the junk, it's lousier food than if the food is eating good food. Uh, I have to interrupt you because that was one <laughs> of my favorite things that I read about you is how you have a love for cows and yes. how you said, hello, whatever were these, these animals that people do eat, I don't eat them, but my, and my dogs do these, right. these animals that are, um, that we're eating as food need to be healthy and raised right and fed right. And you were like, this is like more important than anything. And you yeah. paid attention to that and said, hello. So tell me about that. Cause that, I love that. You know, I always tell people I have a rescue farm with dogs and farm animals. And I'm like, look, a happy chicken is going to make a better chicken to eat. It's going to be a better, make better eggs. We yes. should be treating these animals as royalty and giving them the best lives ever because yes. it's for us. So thank you. Tell us how you. Oh, uh, well, I mean, there's that. even published literature, the difference between grass fed beef and conventionally raised corn fed beef. Mm -hmm. The grass fed beef is anti-inflammatory, high in omega threes. It's good quality omega sixes, but you eat the corn fed beef and it's totally inflammatory. My body feels it. The animals are going to feel it. It's just, you know, yeah. And cows are so cool. They deserve to feel good and to eat good grass. And they can lick their nose with their tongue. And, you know, they're awesome animals. And they deserve to feel good until the very last moment just like everybody else. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Thank you for looking out and taking <laughs> care of them. You bet. So that got me started down this path. And, and so I tell everybody, you know, I want to help you with your pet. And they complain about the price of the food. I'm like, all right, where do you want to spend your money? Do you want to spend it on food or do you want to visit me? And they're like, no offense, doc, on the food. Thank you. I don't want to see your pet for something that you could fix with good food. I want to be the person that cleans up the last of the leaky gut after you've already taken care of 80% of it with great food. So let me help you finish getting your pet better. Let's not do the same thing time after time with these drugs that shorten lives, cause cancer, seizures, liver failure, kidney failure. I just, these poor animals were their advocates. The food, this, this real food, fresh food is supporting our system inside us that we all have that is there yeah. to fight off disease. And yes. It's called the immune system. And a lot of these drugs suppress our immune system where it gets to the yes. point where our immune system forgets to even how to work or do anything. Yes. So, um, this is so important. We have to take a short break and we're going to talk more about how diet supports the immune system and makes your dog healthier. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right. We are back with It's a Dog's Life with Dr. Kathy, and we're talking about, yes, again, let food be thy medicine um, and how important that is. And what people need to understand is just like um, how CBD and supplements and dog food aren't regulated by the FDA, there's other associations or organizations that exist. Um, and the only one that exists for pet food right now that has a, what, I guess a regulatory poll or legal poll. I, I'm not really sure. I just know that it's AFCO and that they're useless. Because, <laughs> um, thousands and thousands That's of so people funny. feed their, their pets a kibble diet that, and or a science diet. Um, and all those terms are, um, that term at least is made up. There's no science. It's a non-food. It's, uh, doesn't have any nutrition in it. And, um, this is why most of our dogs are dying early and have so many allergies. I remember reading a statistic that said the number one reason people are putting their dogs down is because of allergies. Um, it is awful. Um, because because the allergies bother them because the dog's biting their feet or their right. ears always messed up or they're licking their paws or they're a mess underneath. Um, but yeah, food can change everything. And sometimes you get lucky and you make one change and that's it. And then other times you might have to try a different couple different proteins or something like that. Yeah. And then maybe times they get older right now, we're dealing with um, an old Shih Tzu Blanche who isn't tolerating anything but goat's milk. So we're now considering a goat straight goat's milk diet. Why so, not? You know, just like us humans, we constantly mm -hmm. have to change. So anyway, this organization AFCO, which really doesn't serve us pet parents at all is useless. So you have, um, organized, um, an association, I guess you should say, is that what you call it? With yeah. Susan Thixton, who we know from, uh, the truth about pet food, well, let me clear up some stuff. Okay. So, so, okay. So Susan Fixton is my friend. Um, Susan Fixton runs Truth About Pet Food. She represents consumers. So pet owners, the people who go out and buy pet food. Um, we have separate trade associations. Mine is Next Generation Pet Food Manufacturers, or short NGPFMA. Um, and so that's our website, ngpfma.org. I represent the pet food manufacturers who make food. Real food. Real food. Exactly. So I am the only trade association that represents pet food. Then there are a couple of other trade associations out there that represent feed. People think it's pet food, but it's pet feed. And, and Susan spends a lot of time on her website differentiating between feed and food. Feed has ingredients that are unacceptable for you and I to eat. My manufacturers that I represent all have ingredients that you and I could eat. I mean, maybe you and I wouldn't eat a bone, but the quality of the bone is such that if we wanted to chew on it, we could. Um, and, and so 
all of us come together at these AFCO meetings. So AFCO is the Association of American Feed Control Officials. And they are supposed to be <laughs> nonpartisan. They're supposed to, supposedly they don't take money, whatever. We can talk about that. FDA, who is the one who's supposed to be regulating pet food, is well represented at AFCO meetings, and they have regulators from every single state in the United States in a couple of local countries, Costa Rica, Mexico, Canada, come, come to these meetings. The idea of AFCO is to have regulations consistent from state to state. Now, if you go to Susan Thixton's website, again, truthaboutpetfood.com, she very well shows you that there's no good consistency. One state allows something, another state allows something else. And basically the FDA has allowed trash waste from the human food industry to go into pet feed. Um, you know, so we're upcycling and $30 billion industry, and now we're calling it sustainable because, you know, I, anyway. Um, so AFCO sets the nutrition standard, but really the standard is for artificial food, uh, feed, the kibble, the stuff that's dead that they have to add nutrients back in. So my members don't really have, didn't have a voice at AFCO until I formed the trade association. And Susan Thixton, she's like, ah, oh, Kathy, you're the perfect person to do this. You should start this. I'm like, okay. Awesome. Um, so kind of figuring it out as I go, because it's never been done. So it's not like I can look at these other trade associations and say, gee, how did they represent real pet food? So we don't. Um, so, so that's, that's where things started, but I have this passion because it was through my clients and through learning that their animals are sick because of the food. So if I can help their animals get better one-on-one -on -one by teaching people about pet food, that was a great step. But how about if I go in the next step and ensure that these manufacturers have a voice, can stay in business, can grow, can compete so that the food is available then now I'm helping even more animals. Right. And, and that's really how all this crazy stuff has started. And it's confusing, isn't it? It's confusing how everything all regulate goes together and the regulations. And I remember, I mean, I remember a time when I trusted or I thought naively that if it was on my grocery shelf, that it was safe for me to consume this. Now, of course, right. I know things have sugar and they could be fatty and I'm, obviously, yeah. I'm not supposed to eat Oreos for dinner. I mean, I get that, but still, I wouldn't think that Oreos had something in it that was going to kill me or that was toxic. And I then, of course, would think that if I went into a pet store, that the same thing would apply. And that is not the case, folks. Not the case. Not the case. So not the case. It's um, everything, all the life changes that I made to become natural and get all the toxins out of my life and house. And then my dogs came next. And, you know, it was like, duh, all the things that affect us affect them. And if absolutely. If we were to eat um, Oreo, I mean, not Oreos, but uh, Cheerios every single day, 
not only would we be bored, but we would not be <laughs> healthy, you know? So, but it would be a hundred percent complete and balanced. Yeah. And it's not. It's, yeah. <laughs> We're not even supposed to eat cows, drink cow's milk. So, you know, you can do it now, but there's going to be a time where your body goes, yeah, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, right. So I love that you have stepped up and, and um, become a representative for these uh, companies because we try to share them all the time. I, you know, Susan's list is a consumer list, but I own, you know, shops. So I only carry the foods that she make it onto her list. So, which is one of the good for you found answers. Awesome. Which is good for all the companies. See, that's fantastic. And that's, you know, something that we're working on with the trade association. So, you know, you know, the term human grade, right. Human grade pet food. Well, this has now become something to regulate. So AFCO is working on, so we have a definition of human grade pet food. It was first coined by Honest Kitchen 15, 20 years ago. They put it on their label. All these states said, okay, okay, okay. Then all of a sudden Ohio said, wait, what is this human grade food thing? You can't say this. So Honest Kitchen sued the state of Ohio and Honest Kitchen won. Well, since then, through the AFCO meetings, and Susan was very involved with the process, um, the, at AFCO, they define human-grade pet food. Technically, the definition is not just food that you and I can eat, but it also has to be made in a facility for human food and it has to be care transported as human food all the way to the final store which makes it a little bit harder for companies to meet those standards well now afco is taking it the next step and the next step is, is that the usda is going to come into these facilities and certify the human grade which is all a matter of money so if there's a tiny little company, like I have some members that go to the um, farmer's market, buy organic food, take it home, put it together in a balanced diet, can it, bring it back to the farmer's market and sell it to people. They don't have the money to pay the USDA to come in and validate their process. One, and two, they're not made, being made in a USDA facility. So now legally they can't tell you that their food is human grade. Or, or <laughs> we know, yeah, or we know darn well, one of our favorites answers pet food. Of course it's human grade, but it's going to have the things that we're not going to eat and we're not going to eat right. it raw. So it should, it means that it's the quality of what we could eat. So yes, yes. I get it. And this all reminds but you have to explain that to people. Right. Oh. I have one manufacturer who the regulator said, well, you can't say human grade, but you can say no 4D meat. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. How's that? How funny. Right. Okay. We have to take it. We have to take another break and we come back and talk about more. And of course, why I'm always talking about food and the regulation of food reminds me so much of cannabis and CBD and what we go through and, and the bullshit that we go yes. through. So it's so, it's almost like every time you say something, I'm like, yep, that's what's going on right now in the cannabis industry and in the pet industry and these associations mm -hmm. and who's trying to step up to be the leader in the industry. So we'll talk more about that bullshit when we come back.
Okay. <laughs> it's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots and close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we are back with Dr. Callie, Callie, Kathy Alley-Novi. <laughs> um, and it's funny because, you know, the associate, a lot of these associations get started with good intention. And then I don't know what happens. Greed? I don't know. But we, we're yeah, not money type of thing with the cannabis industry where, you know, the department, um, the USDA doesn't recognize hemp as a, as a, it's not on the, on the grass list and they won't allow it to be on the grass list. And yet I turn around and I see huge companies like Smart Pack And uh, what was the other one I saw the other day? Oh, my vegetable seed company sent me an ad about buying hemp seed as a cover crop. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, you know, it's, and I remember getting angry about this when I got into the cannabis industry because I was following the rules and I'm watching everyone around me just launch products and just right. do it. And so it, it's funny when people go, but the FDA says, but the FDA doesn't approve it. But what about the FDA and where's the research? Well, <laughs> right. not that easy. It's not that easy. Right. But what we so do F- know is that the, the fresher the food, the fresher the plant, mm-hmm. the less poisons and toxins we put on these things that we consume and use as food or medicine or as a supplement. Yes. And we just need to use common sense. Dogs should be eating real food just like we need to eat real food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and how about water? <laughs> Lots of people don't stop and think about water. And I say, well, what water are you giving your dog or your cat? Well, tap water. And I say, do you drink it? They're like, no, we live here in Pinellas County. And I'm like, thank you. And why would you feed it to your little bundle that, yeah. And they go, oh no. So I know yeah. it's, it is, it, we really just need to, I mean, I, I, I know that they're animals, but we have to look at them as, okay, what works best for a human child is going to work good for our, our canine and right children right except for i always tell people there are five poisonous people foods i mean there's a huge list on the internet and then i make them figure it out so we own chocolate grapes and raisins raw onions people go oh raw onions in a piece this big no one's getting sick from that it's you know a lot of onions 
And then they go, what about garlic? Garlic's fine. What about leeks? Leeks are fine. Chives are fine. And then xylitol and cooked bones. Although some dogs do cook bones, okay. But then they go, is this avocado on the internet? I'm like, yeah, what part of the avocado is poisonous? The pit, thank you. You can feed the avocado. What about macadamia? It's an allergy. And, and we don't have to be that complicated, guys. You know, we don't, right. you know, keep it simple. But yes, you know, a lot of broccoli and are you there? I think I lost you. I'm there. there. Sorry, my, my battery is... <laughs> hanging on for dear life. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, now you have a book. I have a book. You have you a seen book. It? Have you uh, seen it? I want you to share it because I don't have it, but I'm getting it. Oh my God. There we go. There it is. So Susan and I wrote this originally. You have that book somewhere. And it's on Kindle. So Susan and I wrote that about 10 years ago now, because when she and I first met, we kept telling people, you can feed people food. And people are like, I don't know how. And I'm like, why are you smart enough to feed your two-legged child, but you're not smart enough to feed your four-legged? And they go, Because okay. we've been taught. We have been, it yes. has been shoved in our brains. No, you cannot give them people food. Right. I mean, how many vets have told me that? And it's right. ridiculous. And of course you can. I didn't think. Right. But why? It's a $30 billion a year industry in the United States. It's another $30 billion in the rest of the world. So, of course, it's not healthy for their pocketbooks or the kibble companies. That's why we're trained to say this. And, and so, you know, except for the five foods, if it's healthy for you, it's healthy for them. And people say, well, what about bread or potato? And I'm like, eh, I'd rather not, but it's better than kibble. <laughs> Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so in this, in your cookbook, is it um, fresh, lightly cooked? And it's however you want. And we talk about that. So Great. like there's a picture and there's the recipe. You, once you guys start giving your dogs, you know, even if you don't, even if you do kibble and you add fresh on top or raw yeah. on top or whatever you're cooking on top, that's a huge win and a huge it's a start. Yeah. Yeah. And every time so you have broccoli or Brussels sprouts, they, yes. those are so good for them. I've got a dog with cancer. I'm giving her those right now. Awesome. It's so, all of these things are so important. What else? You, now you mentioned, um, I love when you said, you know, the food is so expensive and you're like, well, you're going to pay me now or pay later. Right. And I don't know how to get that point across. So what should we do? Should we actually like do a little study and like put down, these are the things that, these are the most common things that I've taken care of with food. It's 80%. It doesn't yeah. matter what an animal comes to me for. We always start with food because it's like we talked immune system earlier. Where's 80% of the immune system? It's in the intestines. If you don't take care of that, you can't make anything better. I had a woman come to me yesterday with a four-year-old cat who has this horrible bacterial infection. It's, it's very similar to tuberculosis in people. Wow. He's four years old. He looks 20 and he weighs seven pounds. And she's feeding a horrible canned food. And I'm like, well, at least it's wet. Right. And I said, 
I can't help you until you change the food. And, and she's ready and she's on it. And her cat has helped her, his dad eat chicken before. I'm like, oh, beautiful. You're already part of the way there. But it doesn't matter what your animal is sick with. You have to start with food because it's the biggest thing we do for them. And nothing else is going to work if you're feeding them lousy food. And that's what we do all the time in our consultations is yep. we're like, CBD is a wonderful, it's going to work wonderful, but it is not going to uh, solve the issue until you change that diet and give them the right nutrition that they because need. Because CBD is boosting the immune system. If the immune system screwed up because they're accidentally eating garbage because the pet owners don't know it's literally and truly garbage. Right. Your product, which is amazing, Thank you. isn't going to help these animals. Right. Yeah. We got to give them the building blocks. That's right. Well, uh, so can people get a consultation with you if they want to find out about switching their diet and overall yeah. integrating health? How do they do that? How do they get in touch with you? Okay. So my other website. <laughs> It's healthy, possi healthy possibilities, possibilities right? with a paw, healthy possibilities.com. And yes, I have information on there for phone consultations and I've got a monthly membership for people who, you know, they go to their vet and then say, Hey, holistic vet, what do you think about this? Which and I, I can love. give them so my are, two steps. You're our vet ally. You're who we can check up on and you're in yeah. Clearwater, Florida. Can we see you in person? We can see each other in person. You oh bet. Oh my God, so exciting. You're only like, what, an hour? I'm in Lutz, so I'm only like an hour I'm away. about an hour from you, yeah. And I have people who come from Lutz to see me, so yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I have a chief vet on staff, so we really don't have to see a vet very often. And all of our dogs are on fresh, raw diets and CBD, so they're doing really good. And most of them are geriatric or have disease, and they're thriving, so... Yes. Able to do this. Maybe we'll work on a little, uh, an experiment together where we can prove to people if you feed them right now, you're not going to have to pay for all of these things later. So in the long yeah. run, you save money. People, people eventually get it. They eventually get it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I enjoyed My our pleasure. talk. And I will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.